Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, helping you decrease your time spent creating content by up to 50% while doubling your online engagement. Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. At Content Pros, we are part of the Convince and Convert family of podcasts. I encourage you to check all of them out. But today on Content Pros, as always, I've got Jeff Cohen by my side co-hosting from Oracle Marketing Cloud. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. And today we, we have a really uh, exciting guest, Jennifer Goforth-Gregory. And a lot of the time we talk about things like buy versus build when it comes to technology, right? You know, which which way should we go? But one of the things that we don't talk about enough is that perspective from talent, right? I mean, you know, talent is just as important as technology. And I think what we'll end up getting to towards today, because we have a content writer who writes on behalf of companies, but not part of the company. So should we go and, you know, grab someone to be part of our full-time team, or should we go for some expertise and bring them in from time to time? So, Jeff, maybe you can kind of lead into that conversation with Jennifer and, and we'll get into the good stuff soon enough. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Randy. Great to be here again on a, another episode of Content Pros by your side, as you say, virtual side, I guess, since we are not only in different locales, but technically different countries. So, Jennifer, as, as we dive in, uh, as we dive into your background and some of your experience and some of your thoughts on the world of content marketing it, it's great to have you here on Content Pros. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here talking with y'all. So as Randy said, Jennifer is a freelance content marketing writer and strategist. And just as a way to get to know some of the work that you've done, Jennifer, why don't you share share an example of of one of the projects that you've done uh, for for a brand that you're pretty excited about? Let's just sort of start that way with an example. Perfect. Um, one of the recent pieces that I did is for um, Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Um, their HPE Matter. It's an online publication, and it it was about how special needs kids in the psychiatric ward world ward are using wearables and how they are using the data to help the children learn to control their emotions and medications and get a more stable life. So by highlighting the benefits that it's had in people's lives, um, we've been able to, you know, share some of the uses for the, the technology out there. So the the thing that I love about that story is it it actually takes a technology brand and looks looks at their business, looks at their their customers, their products, basically their whole world from a from a human perspective. And do you think that's, does that seem like something that 
that exists because you come from an outside perspective? In other words, you're not like a product marketing po- person and focus completely on their business and that that's, that's a benefit you can bring as an outsider? Absolutely. I have a, um, a very wide background from different types of writing I've done. I've freelanced at the local um, Raleigh newspaper, Raleigh, Raleigh News and Observer, doing um, local feature stories for nonprofits. So I have a lot of experience with the human element. And I um, was a software developer, um, information developer at IBM. So I have a unique blend of both perspectives. And I do think that because I don't live and breathe in the marketing world for one specific product, that I can see that more because I have a lot of different experiences that I work on every single day. I'm not working just on wearables every day. Um, on my desk right now, I'm working on, um, you know, an article on ransomware for healthcare, um, a something on robotic shopping carts, and a story on um, interactive office spaces. So, so I, I see the world from a larger perspective than you do, and I know I did when working in the four walls, focusing on one specific product in the market. So, so before I pass this off to Randy, let let's go deeper into that a little more. What are what are some other advantages? of bringing an outside person in to help with content writing or even strategy? Um, well, the, expanding on the one that I, I just said, from working with different clients, I see best practices and, you know, awful practices every day when I'm talking to clients and prospective clients. So I've learned a lot of things the hard way and the right way and the good way um, from work, from doing things with different audiences and perspectives. Um, the other thing is because I write about so many different types of technology and in today's world, you know, nothing's in a silo anymore. Everything affects everything else. You can't, you can't write about um, one topic without blending into another, especially in the technology world. So you're, it's very hard to have a full-time writer that keeps up on the, you know, the, the ransomware and the IoT and the data analytics every other hour. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I think sometimes we have this idea that we can go and hire the perfect person who can relate to every one of our personas, every topic. And, you know, for large companies, that's tricky to do, right? I mean, we've got a lot of different people we're targeting. We got a lot of different hot topics, even in a week, let alone over a year. So maybe you can kind of just help us with the rationale that you would pitch to someone on why it makes sense to surround themselves with freelancers versus all full-time employees? Um, well, another one is to the audiences because you, especially in big companies, you're writing to a lot of different audiences. And so by hiring a freelancer, you can get somebody that's, you know, really understands small businesses because they were um, formerly a small business owner and they're now a writer. Um, and then for the healthcare, you can have someone that really, you know, used to be a nurse and is now a writer. Um, so that, that's definitely one is both the expertise and the audience. And a big one is also the the workflow, especially in content, it's hard to, you know, it goes up and down, the needs change. And with a freelancer, you can, you can hire um, as needed, you have no obligation. Um, And also, as the topics come up, you can hire experts in that particular field, which 
you're not going to do. I just don't, I think it's really hard um, on a lot of topics, especially when you're going after different um, target customers to really create great content from one voice and one perspective because it's not going to resonate with everybody, know how good of a writer you are. And by getting a freelancer that can really speak to the people that you want to trust you, then you're going to have a much higher impact. And that's not going to be one specific person for everybody. And you know, you want to connect with somebody, and so you really need to find the right writer that can do that for that particular project, topic, and audience. So let's let's focus on the companies that already have a content team, right? So suppose a company already has a content writer, an editor on staff. Um, you know, how do those companies know when the time is right and maybe also when the time's wrong? Because I'm sure you've seen really great companies who've used you in a valuable way. And then maybe some companies who just, they thought they were ready to bring on a freelancer, but maybe they just didn't know how to set themselves up for success. So let's start with right time. And then I'm going to hit you with more questions just around, you know, the details of, of planning for that and bringing you into a project after. Um, and and the, the right time depends on if you're hiring somebody to do the actual deliverables or if you want someone to do the strategy. So I'm going to answer that two different ways, if that's okay. Absolutely. So the first one, um, the strategy is, is the right time to bring somebody in when, one, you have a little bit of time to help get them up to speed about what your goals are and your audience and the product. And so you can't be completely slammed. You have to be able to to give a little bit there. Um, and right time, you need to know, you need to know the audience. That's not something that you can bring someone in. Who, who's the audience and, um, be able to help the writer that or strategist that you bring in get the information about what their pain points are so they can develop a great strategy. And that can be done by connecting them with the salespeople, with the support people, and even a real life customer, which is the best if, if you have someone that you can talk to. So you need to know, um, you don't have, when you bring someone in for the strategy, you don't need to know the deliverables. Um, you just need to have an overall goal. Um, when you bring, you, you, I was brought in um, six months ago for a project and they thought they were ready for strategy and they weren't. Um, they couldn't, and it's been very um, challenging because the company didn't know what, what their goals were and what their what customers were going to be most likely to buy their products and also their key messages. So they've spent a lot of extra money that wasn't necessary because their internal goals have changed as far as audience and their value proposition for the customers. So you definitely need to know both of those for the strategy. So, so let's jump to that second part, which is the creation, as you said. And you, you touched on something that was, that was interesting to me. You said, you know, it's really great when someone gives you access to their sales teams, to their success teams, to their customers. And in that scenario, I think, you know, some of us maybe don't have this vision of you as the outsourced freelance content writer coming in and actually doing research, let alone writing the piece. So are you suggesting that it works better when you're let loose to do the research or is it better if you're kind of given the brief, this is what you want written now, you know, go give it some flavor. 
It depends. I was answering that from the strategy perspective. If you're hiring someone to do the strategy, then you need to let them loose a little bit to do the research or it's just not going to work. Um, if you're hiring somebody to do the content, then the, go, go ahead and get to the second part of the question was you need to have it defined, um, the type of deliverable you want and your goals for it. And, um, you know, a broad bit on the subject, even just a couple sentences is, is, is a good place to start. But you need to, you need to have that defined before you hire someone to write a specific piece. But the strategy, you can be less further along. So can you give us an example? I mean, I, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, like, what does this mean for me? Like, how do I do it right versus, like, doing it wrong and my boss is going to kill me because, you know, he already hired me to write and now I'm I'm outsourcing and I'm not getting anything good. So maybe give us an example of a company you've worked with and by all means, if you can share an, a real life example of a company who really brings you into the project in an effective manner. Um, yes, the... Um the and it's actually the the team the team that we were talking about that, that struggled to get off with. I actually sat through their um, one of their sales meetings and listened to the sales representatives talking, and that was where we finally got on track. Was they were talking about their pain points of their customers, what they hear every day, and um, so actually it's a good example of someone that did it wrong first, and then we, we got there. Um, and so really hearing from the salespeople, um, and also I sat with the social media people as well, and they shared a lot about what they had learned about what their customers were um, were sharing and commenting on and interacting as well. Um, but yeah, no, that was definitely done right. And as a freelancer, um, that one's actually through an agency, and I go, I go up and meet with the clients directly um, on a number of occasions. So that, that's worked very well. So talking about things that have done, that have worked well is, is one way to look at it. But what about some examples where it just didn't make sense? In other words, have, have, have there been meetings where you've walked away and you've said, these people don't need to hire me. They either have the right team in place or they're just not prepared. What, what does that look like on the other side where it's, where it's just a, or maybe it's a wrong fit, something like that? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, one is when it's clear that a client needs an agency and not just a writer. So if if somebody needs, um, you know, the graphic design and the video production and, and all of that, that's that's probably not me. They need more of an agency. And if they have more work than one person. So I have um, on several occasions said that I couldn't do what they wanted and referred them to some agencies that I recommend. Um, there also, there's been, um, a couple cases where they needed someone more from more deeply technical than I was as well. I only take clients where I'm going to succeed and where I can help them succeed. I, I love what I do and, and it's not just a job. So I want to make sure that I can personally, you know, meet what they're looking for and, and make a difference with their customers. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by ClearVoice. Need a freelance writer? ClearVoice Marketplace can help you. Looking for trending topics or influencers? No problem. ClearVoice Content Studio is the answer for that one. 
Looking to store all your brand guidelines, keywords, and personas in one accessible space? That's right, Clear Voice can do that too. Even pay all your writers from one secure account. Go to demo.clearvoice.com for a free demo and tell them your friends at Content Pros Podcast sent you. So we we've talked a lot we've talked a lot today about the the brand side or the the client side, but you are a business person. You are you are running a business. And you're probably using content marketing yourself to grow your business. What what does some of that look like? What is what is your own content marketing look like? Yes, back um, and one of the things that I, I'm pretty proud of is back in 2013. Um, I I was hearing a lot of journalists talk about they were losing their jobs and wanted to translate into content marketing. So I started a blog, and I think for the first six months it was you know me and nobody else reading it. But um, I got pretty um, lucky and organically was able to capture number two Google, Google, Google keyword for the content marketing writer. And so that has brought me a tremendous amount of business because if you search for content marketing writer, I'm number two behind an article um, from Joe from CMI. So I'm pretty proud of that. And it also has been able to, I've been able to illustrate to potential clients when they ask me about SEO, I just say, well, go to Google and put in content marketing writer. If I can do it for myself, I can do it for you. So what, what are some, besides that, that one particular thing, that one particular piece where you, where you've scored really well in SEO, do you do things like think about, think about conversion for, for customers? In other words, if they if they find an article, do they just have to go to a, a contact form? Do you have additional deeper content as many as many brands do, maybe as examples of your work or, or something like that? Um, I have I have can you rephrase it? I have samples on my website and I have a conversation with every client before I take them um, because I want to really, you know, really understand their needs and, and really feel it before I take it, know that I'm the right person. So I don't take work just from some, someone fills my contact saying they want to talk, but I have to have a, a personal conversation to make sure it's the right fit on both sides. Gotcha. Yeah, that that certainly makes sense from a from a, a business perspective. And I, I guess the question I was more specifically asking was, do you do you actually have something that looks like a conversion? In other words, in other words, someone comes to a blog post and they click a call to action. And, and I guess the answer to that is no, you're, you're more interested in, in, ba- as you say, basically talking to everybody and figuring out who are the right fits. Yes, absolutely. Because, because that's very important to me. Yes, it's a business, but also it's something that I'm personally committing to that I can make a difference in their business. So I want to make sure that, that, that it works. And I also think if you're going to be, a, I like long-term clients, so you want to make sure that you fit with their team as well. So that, that's actually a great, a great segue to my next question, team fit. If, if you are an outsider coming into a team, to work on a project, what are some th- what are some things that the what are some things that you can do to become more part of that team, and what are some things that the team can do to actually make you feel a little more welcome? 
Well, and the advice I always give to people always ask how I like to work and I say however works best for you. So I don't come in as a freelancer with a bunch of demands about, you know, I only communicate via email, not text. I talk with every different client different ways. Some text me throughout the day. I have I am so I want to be however they communicate and however they work. Um, so that's what I tell freelancers. And I also think that that is something that um, brands and agencies should be looking for when they look for a freelancer, somebody that's willing to to fit in with their work style. Um, I think that works a lot better. Um, as far as from the you know inside, what they can do to make someone feel more part of the team is, you know, as things change um, with the product or with the direction of the marketing, to be sure to loop in the freelancer as early as possible. Um, an example that didn't happen was with a client where um, I wrote a series of three very long articles. And at the end, they said, oops, we forgot to tell you, we, we rebranded and we need a much more snappier tone. Can you re rewrite all this content in a different tone? It's great content. It just needs a different tone. So that's an example where it would be good to um, loop in the freelancer. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So I want to I want to go in a bit of a different direction from where we've been, and you know one of the things that I think we're going to hopefully kill a myth out there, right? And and I don't think content writers have this myth, but sometimes the organizations they work for have this myth that the freelancer you're going to go work with, you know, doesn't you know they're kind of doing it because they couldn't get a job, right? Which you you and I both know, Jeff knows is not anywhere close to the truth. But I found a really interesting blog post that you shared with us um, around the amount of money you were able to make actually doing this on your own. So maybe you can just speak to why you chose to do it your own and also speak to the opportunity for people to monetize as a freelancer. Yes. Um a lot of the writer friends that I um, that I associate with make easily over six figures, um, and um, I know several freelancers that make um, over one hundred fifty thousand to one eighty thousand um, running the, a year, running their own business from their house, working um, in a combination of journalism and mainly content. So there's definitely a lot of opportunity out there, especially if you are in the technology business or specialized health field, because you bring in a, a expertise. Um, so that is, there are freelancers that are in between jobs, but there's also professional freelancers. And I think as a organization, when you're looking to hire somebody, you want to be looking for the professional freelancer. And that's someone you can tell I've been freelancing for, you know, nine years. And so, and I actually turned down um, a number of full-time opportunities with very large companies because 
I can make a lot more money um, working on my own, and I can also um, have the flexibility to to travel or take time off or work from anywhere that I would not have. And plus, um, the other opportunity is that it's, it's much... One time I worked at a um, company as a technical writer, and my whole job was updating this one book over and over and over, and I wanted to poke my eyeballs out. So... You know, as a freelancer, you get to write about all kinds of different things. Um, so there's a lot of variety and opportunity to learn as far as that goes as well. So how does, yeah, I don't know if there's an answer to this. I'm being more of a of a pain and, and you know, and asking this one. And, you know, part of this is selfish. And I'm sure a lot of companies are like this. You know, my company right now, we're actually looking for two content writers. Um, you know, one more of a senior role, one more, maybe a little bit more entry level, but you know, how do you go about creating an environment in your in your workplace that may allow you to bring in a freelancer? Like, how do you create that that environment that that is more comfortable for a freelancer to come to? Any tips or any any ideas that you can have? Because I think we are going to have that that uh, you know crunch of trying to find the right people in the coming years as as people ramp up. Do you mean how to look for them or once you are you asking how to find them or how to keep them? Uh, I'm I'm saying more so how do you bring a freelancer into your organization? How you know what's missing for more freelancers to come in house? Is it the opportunity to earn in your mind? Is it you know the freedom to you know work without the same type of deadlines and you know amount of content to be created? Like what's missing? For a freelancer like yourself to say, you know what, I'd love to join a team full time. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll answer that kind of from a personal question and from my other writer friends. It's the um, the flexibility because um, the the two opportunities I was offered were very household names, and they were shocked that I turned them down. Um, but they didn't offer the flexibility, both in terms of financial opportunities. I can. Um, you know, last year I, I earned more and worked more this year. I earned a little less and worked less for, um, for family reasons. So there's the flexibility that's just not there. Um, and in two years when I'm, you know, have a high school senior and need to earn more, I can kick it up three more notches. So you can't do that in a full-time job, go up and down based on, on your life. So, um, I mean, my goal in life is to never have a full-time job again. I mean, I'm sorry, a, with an organization um, and to freelance for the rest of my working career. Gotcha. Well, it's interesting getting to know what makes you tick. And, you know, with that in mind, I think what we'll do with the last you know, few minutes here is go into some lightning round questions, as we always like to do, to get, get to know you a little bit. And, um, you know, I was going through some of your content you've written. One of them was actually about, you know, about dogs and, you know, the, the effect that dogs have. It, it was a piece you did for Fifth Business Bank, I think. So I'm just curious, are you a dog person? Are you a cat person? Do you have a dog? What's, what's the story? Um, yes, there's there's two sitting at my feet and one over by the couch that I've been hoping and praying that they would be quiet, and they have. Um, so yeah, I have three rescue dogs, two Dotsons and a Hound, and they're usually in my lap or driving um, in the seat next to me. 
<laughs> All right, Jeff, it's on you while I keep asking these questions to try and find some sort of background noise that'll get the dogs to react. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, next one here. Uh, so you talked a lot about you know being an expert around the tech space and knowing what's going on, and and I found a lot of you know pieces that you did that you know that showed that. I'm wondering how do you stay up to speed on the breadth of spaces that you have to play in? What's your kind of you know space that you go to for the latest content yourself? Um, well, if I have a specific question, I have made network connections in the industry and will call up some of my, you know, remote colleagues and get them to explain something to me if I have a question. So it's having a network to as well. Um, it's, you know, staying up to date on the reading the latest, um, news sites for technology. Um, but it's which which ones your go to. Um, well, a lot of the stuff that I do, I write about, isn't actually out yet, so it's it's hard to stay up with that. It's a lot of it's with the companies, if that makes sense, because I'm writing about things that are being produced. So some of the stuff I've been working on, um, like with Hewlett Packard, is stuff that you know is is embargoed that hasn't been released. So you you can only stay up to it by talking to the people in the company. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next one. I, I had a bit of a hint on this in your in your answers for us in prepping for the show. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Um, Mash. I think I've seen I've seen every single episode. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, what what channel does it air on these days? Or is is it a Netflix thing these days? Or where do you get um, it? You know, I have the box CD CD set. My um, my, it was my dad's favorite show growing up. And it was the only thing that um, that he would he would watch outside sports and news. So it was how I got to spend time with my dad. So cool. that's 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 where that comes from. Nice, nice. All right, next one here. I, I read a, a post on your blog this morning, and I'm wondering in general, do you prefer writing for a niche audience or a mass audience? Niche. Niche, nice. I, I encourage everyone to go check out uh, Jennifer's blog to understand that, you know, a little bit more behind that. Uh, one more going back on on our discussion earlier. You talked about wearable devices and how they're being used in creative creative spaces. What's the one wearable device that you either have or attempted to buy this holiday season? Um, was it was a Fitbit? I don't have it yet, but it's on my list. All right. There, there everyone goes. Anyone who wants Jennifer to write for them, they know how to win her over. Uh, Jennifer, this has been a blast. Thanks so much for, for giving us a different side of the story when it comes to creating content and how we think of, you know, filling that need to tell the right stories, connect with the right audiences as content pros. Uh, on behalf of Jeff Cohen at Oracle Marketing Cloud, I'm Randy Frisch. This has been another episode of Content Pros. If you've enjoyed this episode, please check us out at Content Pros Podcast podcast.com where you can find all the history of, of podcasts that we've done together here as well we can be found on itunes and stitcher if you find us on one of those experiences please leave a review let us know what we can do better and as a final reminder content pros is part of the convince and convert family of podcasts encourage you to check out all the other podcasts at convinceandconvert.com. lots of great content to tune in there uh, some of it being created essentially i guess jeff you and i are kind of freelancers right i i, I think we are i think there we you. are in this context there you go there you go jennifer thanks so much it was great having you here today Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software.
Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by...